My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Ryan Hawk is the host of The Learning Leader Show, and he has recorded more than 500 episodes over the past eight years. Forbes called The Learning Leader Show the most dynamic leadership podcast around. Inc. Magazine said it's one of the five podcasts to make you a smarter leader, and Apple named it an all-time bestseller. Ryan is also the author of two books, Welcome to Management and The Pursuit of Excellence. When Ryan isn't podcasting or writing, he's helping leaders be more effective through his leadership circles, one-on-one advising, and The Learning Leader Academy, the online school he created. Ryan has delivered hundreds of keynote speeches on leadership and performance excellence all over the world. I hope you enjoy learning from Ryan Hawk today, because I always do. Ryan, it's so great to chat with you today. Just to give our listeners some background, about a year and a half ago, I reached out to our mutual friend, Liz Wiseman, about podcasting. I was asking her for advice, and she said, you really need to talk to Ryan Hawk. Now, at this point, I had a podcast, but it was small, and I was just doing monologues. Like That was my plan to just do monologues, share the simple, practical, underappreciated lessons that I really wanted my kids to learn. But after a brief, very brief conversation with you, I realized, no, I need to expand this thing. And why be selfish? Why just share my lessons with kids? Why not learn lessons from other people? So it's because of you that I am interviewing other people, that I have a website, that I have a newsletter. And it's also because of you that I'm interviewing you today. So thank you so much for your help, support, kindness, and willingness to share your time with me today. Uh, dude, that's super kind of you to say. I appreciate that. I love Liz Weissman. Um, and it's just so cool to see what you've built, man. I'm, I'm inspired by just hearing your story and, and your track to tenure and how you're helping people. It, 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 it's honestly, man, uh, inspiring for me. Well, it's so great to be able to listen to your podcast each week. You have some of the most incredible guests. And as you think back on your career and your podcast, you know, more than 500 interviews, uh, are there two to three lessons you've learned along the way that you would most like to pass on to others? Yeah, uh, there's probably more, but I'll think of a, a, a few. The first one that comes to mind is episode 216. I'll never forget the number. Uh, of that one. I don't remember the number of all my episodes, but that one happens to be Jim Collins. Uh, Jim is one of my leadership heroes. Uh, I was not a big reader growing up, uh, but I did start reading after college and Good to Great is one of those books that uh, really I read cover to cover multiple times and it just like hit, it, it knocked me down. But anyways, I've been trying to get Jim on my podcast for years. I've been cold emailing him and his team uh, since I started my podcast. So it took me 216 episodes to finally have him on. But when I was talking to him, I was very animated, speaking quickly. I was nervous and I was going on and on about explaining my business and what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I just never forget where Jim goes, Hey, 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 man, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he said, calm down a second. That stuff's all great. Super important. Your why, I'm glad you're clear, what you're doing, that's awesome. But the single greatest determining factor in your long-term success or failure is your who. Who will be your friends? Who will be your partner? Who will be your mentors? Who will you help? Who will you, who will you surround yourself with? That is who you will become. 
So before anything else, think about your who. And I and I I've done a ton of work since that episode years ago and since that conversation because I don't think I was intentional enough about my who prior to that conversation. It was an, a, a true inflection point. And to me, um, I, I found that opportunities in life usually come from people. And this is what we were talking about just before you hit record, Nate. And, and so to me, getting intentional and clear on who those people are and, and de- deepening those relationships, you never know what could happen. You never know the opportunities that will come to you. But if you're focused on long-term transformational instead of transactional relationships, it, it, it will probably make for a good life versus those in the world who sometimes have short-term success, very transactional based, that doesn't seem like a very attractive life to me. And, and so uh, I would encourage people that I've learned, the ones that I've talked to over the past eight and a half years on my podcast, the ones who are sustaining excellence, they're very focused on their who. This is coming a little bit full circle for me, or at least half circle. Uh, my episode 10, the, the 10th episode I ever did, uh, was about Jim Collins. Now, uh, I didn't interview Jim, but Face the Brutal Facts was a lesson that I learned when I was playing football, playing for Bronco Mendenhall at BYU. We had gone out to Boston College. They were nationally ranked, and we lost in double overtime to this Boston College team that had a pretty good quarterback. Their, their quarterback the year before was like this big star, and this new guy, He at the time, this was his what, third game starting, and, and he was named Matt Ryan, and he was good. Um, but he wasn't the the star that, you know, we'd played the year before. Anyway, we lost in double overtime and we come back and, and Bronco Mendenhall, uh, kind of lays into us. And he says, this is not a moral victory. Like face the brutal facts you guys lost. And I just remember thinking like, gee, coach, like we went on the road, we almost won, you know, our program was kind of struggling. Then we went on to win like 10 games after that. And I feel like a yeah, we were talented and there are other reasons we won, but that really hit home for us. Like you got to face the facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that of course is from Jim Collins and good to great. I, so I love this lesson of figure out your who, what a cool lesson from Jim. You know, there's that quote, you're the average of the five people you hang around the most. And I learned a few years ago from a Harvard researcher, uh, Joe Henrik, and he said that the secret to our success as a species, as a human species, is that we mimic each other more than any other species. And the reason that allows us to succeed as a species is because we're able to transmit knowledge from generation to generation. We do things that we don't even, we don't even understand why we do it, but we do it because we mimic. And for me, the light bulb went off and it's like, oh, that's why who you surround yourself matters so much is we just copy people. And if we're around people enough, we're just going to copy what they do. So I, I I love that lesson that Jim taught you figure out the who. Yeah, me too. I, by the way, Nate, speaking of that, I've been reading a lot about redwood trees. You're from out West. Are you, do you, do, do you get into that world? Have you gone out to Sequoia national park? I have not. Have you seen all these, these big trees? We have with our kids and it's incredible. I just well, kind of like South of Marin County and San Francisco. We've been to that redwood forest. Okay. Okay. I, I, I really got to get out there, but I've been reading a lot about it from my, my friend, Sherry Cole, who's a hall of fame basketball coach, university of Oklahoma. She's amazing. Wrote a book called rooted to rise. And, and, and 
the the cool thing about redwood trees that I didn't know is they obviously they grow super super tall and so you would assume that their roots go very deep into the earth because they need to because of how tall they are and that's mm -hmm. not the case actually their roots only run like six to 12 feet deep despite the trees being 200 feet tall at times and living forever what they do is they actually enmesh themselves with each other their roots then start going side by side and being like hugged by one another and so when there are brutal storms or earthquakes or things happening these trees are so strong because they have each other and i think that is a great lesson for life that the people who stay strong the people who handle adversity well the people who find a way usually have an amazing who just like those redwood trees their roots don't go they don't go deep they go wide and they enmesh themselves with others and that's how they stay strong and i think the same is, is true for people when it comes to your who it's 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 tough to do it alone man it is tough to do it alone we're much stronger especially us guys as team sports players right football players we know as a quarterback if my guys don't block or my receivers don't run good routes and catch the ball it really doesn't matter what i do right i can make yeah. a good play every once in a while and make a guy miss but i need my guys i i need i need my teammates to make something happen the same is true off the field building a career uh, teaching, whatever it may be, we, we need each other just like those redwood trees do. What a cool metaphor. I've never heard that. We're just, uh, we got some grass issues at our home here in, <laughs> in Kansas. And they were like, look, you need to let the grass go, grow longer so the roots can grow longer because grass tends to be balanced out. Uh, yeah. What a cool lesson with the trees. Like you just got to enmesh yourself. And we know from yeah. the research on happiness, like the number one factor of people's happiness, you know, for most people is, the degree of their, you know, good social connection. So yeah, what, yep. what, what a great lesson. Any other lessons you'd, you'd like to most pass along, Ryan? Oh man. Well, I think the difference between those who consistently uh, perform at a high level and those that don't is they have a bias for action. Donald Miller has told me this and many others. Um, David Epstein, who quotes Herminia Ibarra from, from, from her work, we learn who we are in practice, not in theory. And I think, again, this, this could relate to sports. Uh, I was fortunate to play, play quarterback uh, as a freshman at, at my, my high school here in Ohio and then in college. And I think you can learn a certain amount from watching somebody else play and from watching film and getting reps in practice. But I can tell you when my learning took off, and that's when I was on the field under those bright lights with 11 other guys trying to kill me. And to me, I learned a lot about who I was as a player and who I was trying to be when I was in there with live fire, live action. And I think the same is true for everything else. If you want to become a great speaker in front of a group, you got to get up and speak. If you want to write, if you want to write great essays or you want to write a great book, you got to write all the time. And, and that, that's true for pretty much everything. And so having a bias for action instead of just kind of saying, well, let me do more research or let me, let me think about this more. Let me be more reflective. I think all that stuff's great. And you got to do that. That's what a learning leader is. And my podcast is all about that, right? That's why I called it learning leader. But to me, it's, you, you have to have the mind of an experimenter. You have to have, to have uh, somebody who's willing to try stuff, to go out there and do it, to look like a fool, to have a beginner's mindset, 
right? To push those edges. And, and to me, I really am attracted to people who are, who, who take action, who they don't fully have all the answers. They're not all the way there yet. Right. But they're going to, they're going to go They're They're going to go. They're going to start before they're ready, even though they're, they're probably going to look stupid from time to time. And then they iterate and they get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. I, I took a three day improv class, Nate, super embarrassing, mm. not comfortable at all. And I was terrible. But by the end of those three days, I wasn't good, but I was better. I was a lot better at like, yes, and, and some of the exercises and not being afraid to sing in front of a group of people, even though nobody in that class had a good singing voice. And so whatever the thing is, having a bias for action and doing it, I guarantee you, you'll be better off if that is your default setting. If your default setting is, well, let's take action. It doesn't mean you don't think or reflect or have a plan. You should have all those things, but then go do it. And to me, I think that's been a separator from those who sustain excellence over time versus the ones who don't is that they have a bias for action. I love hearing this lesson. And this is perfect for my podcast. You know, one of the uh, words in my tagline is underappreciated. <laughs> I have underappreciated this notion of bias for action. I think my whole life, when I went to do my postdoc at Notre Dame, there was a professor there named Mike Krant who has developed a scale that measures the proactive personality. And, and so in, in wow. the research field, this has become a, a pretty robust measure that examines the degree to which you are proactive. I was interviewing Stephen M.R. Covey last week, and one of his lessons was leaders go first, you know, being proactive. And here you are, you know, the host of the Learning Leader podcast. And you're talking about one of the most important lessons that you want to pass on from all of the 500 plus episodes that you've done is take action, be the first to lead out, just go. And so this is something that I am going to continually emphasize with my students, with my children. Uh, you've got to just have a bias for action if you want to make stuff happen. Yeah, it's to me, it's just been the differentiator. Um, and it's, it's also like a, a good signal for for the people that I, I want to work with, um, trying to partner with people with big projects or big ideas. Uh, even even my podcast editor and, and, uh, and producer Eli Liker, Eli, I love is a guy of action. And he's he's always sending me ideas. He's trying new edits. He's creating new clips, like all these things without me saying anything and it doesn't always work and he's completely fine where I'll send a note back and say dude you know I love the action but we're not going to use that or we're not yeah. going to do that and it, and it no offense there's no it was like this is part of the process to me I not only do I try to be that person because I, I have had a, a, like the thing, one of the things I love about you dude is you were talking about all this and I was help and you know I wasn't really helping I was just kind of sharing what I've learned and picked up you could have easily just kind of thought, sat there and thought and be like, oh, okay, what did you do? You immediately took action. You immediately went and did it. You said it at the beginning. You immediately said, okay, here's my website. Here's my newsletter, my podcast. I'm going to add guests. I'm going to do this. There was no like, uh, let me just think for a while. You're a thoughtful dude. You're reflective. Like you're obviously very smart, but then you also took action right away. And it seems like, you know, you're, you're glad you did. Are there things that you messed up? Of course, yeah. of course, that's yeah. part of the process. And you've iterated and you've gotten better and gotten better and gotten better. But that that's what this is all about is, is the fact that you're not going to really learn until you do it. And I think for everybody, 
it's useful if, if we just say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to be learning along the way and iterate, but, but, but I'm going to have that bias for action. Everyone is just figuring this stuff out. And, and that's something <laughs> you learn the more you get into whatever, you know, whether you, you finally make it to college football or you, you finally make it into a PhD program, or you finally make it into the, you know, management track of job, everybody's figuring it out. And as a manager, you would way rather have to pull people back than to constantly be pushing them forward. So, well, Ryan, before we wrap up, any final lesson you'd like to share? Uh, th- and it's just been awesome. I, I love learning yeah. from you, the, the the learning leader guy. So <laughs> yeah. anything else you want to share? Well, I, in, in line with uh, kind of the part of the learning leader ethos, um, you've probably seen the quote before, but it's really not about the quote. It's about living it out is to, to be interesting. You need to first be interested. And I think if, 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 if every interaction with others of trying of following, of approaching them with a genuine intellectual curiosity and asking questions and trying to learn about them and their stories. And you have to genuinely care to do that. If you approach if that is that becomes your default setting when you have conversations with people, I promise you it'll make you a more interesting person. Uh, you'll learn so much more than if you're just waiting to talk about yourself, but instead saying, like, everybody has these fascinating stories. Like, there are so many people who are endlessly fascinating, but the only way you're going to know is if you, you ask and, and you try to figure out, oh, you live in Kansas now. What is that like? How is it raising a family there? What's the college campus like? Oh, you're not from there. Do you like staying there? Like all these things you could learn about people just by being a bit curious. And so I think if your desire is to be interesting, you have to first be interested. And if again, that becoming part of your default setting of, of approaching people with genuine curiosity to learn, not fake, oh, let me try to humor you or make you feel, it's not about that. It's about genuinely trying to learn about people and their stories and being fascinated by those stories to see just like you mentioned before we started, you approach Liz Weissman that way and you've learned things and then you're able to share what you learned from her with me. And now I'm better off for your curiosity and I try to do the same thing, right? So it's it's just kind of like passing that along from person to person is a much, a, just a much more enjoyable way to live as opposed to just, just standing there waiting for your turn to talk without really listening or asking questions. So to be more interesting, be interested. What an awesome, succinct phrase that this is one that I'm going to like write in my calendar to, you know, review every (laughs) week or whatever, every month. Uh, I, there was this lesson from how to win friends and influence people that always stuck with me. And it was talking about, and it might, it's like early on in the book and it says something like, why do we love dogs? So, you know, dogs, if you think of like pets that humans have, uh, dogs are probably the most favorite pet. You know, the man's best friend. And why Why do we love dogs so much? It's because they love us. When we yes. walk into a room, what do they do? They wag so their shoulders. They're so happy to see us. The reason we love dogs is because they love us. It's because they're interested in us. Yep. Uh, so, I, in fact, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how this shakes out. But because I love that book so much, How to Win Friends and Influence People, my wife and I decided it's going to be mandatory reading for our children, but then how do we enforce that? And so we just decided last week, well, we're going to pay our kids. That will be one book that we're going to pay our kids to read. And, you know, there's these concerns about like, oh, what happens to their intrinsic motivation if you start providing external rewards? But 
I feel like one of the main lessons of that book is like, be nice, be interested. And I think your phrase that you just shared, uh, if it's not in that book, it, it just encapsulates it so well. To be interesting, you first need to be interested. And I love that mindset of approaching the world that way. Like, what can I learn from you? Yeah, man. Well, I think you embody it. Uh, I've I've experienced that since the first day I met you, since Liz introduced us. So it, it, it makes sense that that you've got going on what you have going on now. So, but it's I've I've found it to be. It's also you're out like your kid's soccer game or or whatever, or at the banquet or at the pool, and you just meet new people. Think about the those those interactions with people and and. And think about the ones that actually ask questions as opposed to the ones who just answer your questions and then wait for the next one. Yeah. And I know we're doing a podcast now, so it's it's a little bit weird. It's not the same because normally if we were talking, it would be like it was before we recorded where we're volleying, volleying questions back and forth. The podcast is usually a little bit more one-sided, which is fine. Um, but think about those, the people who are actually genuinely interested in you. I bet you actually you want to see them the next time you're at the pool or you're at the soccer yeah. game versus the ones that don't do that, you're kind of like not quite as excited if you're being honest with yourself. And so it's just, there's like little, little tests and little signals and markers along the way. It's like, why did I like them so much? Why was it so fun to be around them? Oh, cause they were genuinely curious. Like it's an attractive quality in a person. And when I kind of deconstruct those relationships, the people who I'm yearning to see and yearning to meet up with or go have dinner when I'm in their city, it's usually because of because of that because like that, that that leads to this deep deep dialogue which then creates that relationship which ties back to the first thing I talked about which is your who and I think that's that's just something for all of us to think about if, if we if we want that in the world a great thing to do is to be that it's it's um I think it was Charlie Munger's quote when someone's like hey hey Charlie how do you how, how do you get a great wife how do you get a great wife and he said deserve one and i think that's the case for all relationships like deserve them like deserve it like what can you go out there to how do you deserve that and it's really about embodying all these qualities yourself so that when you show up in the world people are like yeah nate's a good dude i want to i want to i want to be around him i mean sometimes it's that simple and uh that's at least that's how i i try to think about it as i approach pretty much all my relationships well, this has just been awesome. And I am so glad that we had that first conversation where you persuaded me to get out there and learn from other people. And this is exactly why I'm so grateful uh, to you, because now this this episode, we got it forever. And, you know, this will be mandatory listening for my kids. <laughs> and, and, and maybe I assigned, you know, if I don't assign this whole uh, episode to my class, I'll certainly pull out portions. So anyway, it, it's just so great to be able to chat with you today, hear your lessons. You're pulling from such a deep body of knowledge and conversations that you've had throughout your life and especially these last five years. So anyway, I just want to, again, tell you thanks so much for all of your support, Ryan, and for sharing these lessons today on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Nate. It's always great to talk with you. Let's Let's do it more, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. Ryan Hawk has become one of the top leadership experts in the world, and I love the lessons he shared today. First, the single greatest determining factor of your long-term success or failure is your who. When Ryan finally got Jim Collins on the podcast after years of trying, Jim's advice to Ryan was to focus on his who. According to Jim, the biggest determining factor of our success is our friends, our partner, our mentors, etc. So before anything else, think about your who. Second, 
those who consistently perform at a high level compared to those who don't is that they have a bias for action. In the words of Herminia Ibarra, we learn who we are in practice, not in theory. We can learn from watching, but we learn infinitely more by doing. Third, to be interesting, you need to be interested. If we approach every interaction with others with a genuine intellectual curiosity, and we ask questions trying to learn about them and their stories, and if that becomes our default setting, it will make us more interesting. In summary, figure out your who, take action, and be interested. All simple ideas, please take them seriously. Nate Mickle here with three quick requests. First, if you would like a quick summary of these lessons delivered to your inbox, sign up for Nate's Notes at natemickle.com. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. And finally, if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on Apple iTunes, I would really appreciate it. Thanks for your support.